Welcome to Northgate Christian Fellowship's weekly message series. And now, here is Senior Pastor Ken Jensen. So I want to begin this morning by asking you a question. When was the last time you pondered? Just really pondered, just thought about things. I, 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 I want to let you in on a little bit of a secret, okay? This is a pastor's secret. Because sometimes people ask, you know, how do you, how do you prep a sermon? You know, how do you, how do, you do this like each week? What, what, what's the process? And, and basically the process is this. I spend the first part of the week just cramming my brain with as much information. I study, I research, I just, you know, just kind of pack it all in my brain. And then I let it just kind of ferment. <laughs> and, and then usually towards the end of the week, you know, I'm able to kind of, you know, fit it together and hopefully in a concise, you know, understandable way. And, um, and the secret is this, that there are some times when it just flows. I mean, you know, you just, you, you got it there and it just all flows and it comes together and just so beautiful. And I just go, oh man, this is good stuff. And then there are some weeks, not so much. There are some weeks when it's actually like you've got this thousand-piece jigsaw puzzle and some crazy person has cut out the pieces just a little bit off. And so you got all these pieces and you're trying to fit them. They don't quite fit together and you did, it's the right color and it should fit, but it doesn't. You know, all that? Okay. Well, this was one of those weeks. <laughs> this was one of those weeks. So, so I spent a lot of time this week pondering about pondering. <laughs> and, and we'll know by the end of this message whether I pondered enough. You know, some of you might tell me, well, you should have kept pondering. You know, you didn't quite get it there. We'll find out. Um, but as we begin this series and we're going through the book of Luke, um, the whole idea and one of the themes that we want to focus on, particularly this fall, is we want to change the way people see church, change the way people view the church. Um, and, and the way that that happens is we've got we've to change the way that we look at people. And that comes through pondering. The beginning of Luke, the first two chapters, the key figure in those first two chapters is Mary, the mother of, of Jesus. And, and one of the things that you find throughout those first, chap- the first two chapters is Mary does a lot of pondering. She loves wondering and thinking about things. And, um, and, and when, when the angel Gabriel first approaches her and tells her what's going to happen, it says that she was perplexed and she wondered what kind of greeting this was. And then a little bit later, um, on another place, it says she treasured these things up and pondered them in her heart. And again, this third time, it says she treasured these things in her heart. And, and that might be a familiar passage to you, a familiar phrase. Maybe you've heard it before. I did. I've heard it for you know, every Christmas as far back as I can remember. And I've always kind of thought of pondering as kind of like this, you know, kind of like a mental scrapbook kind of an idea. You know, like, like moms keep a baby book, you know, and they write down, you know, each cute thing their kid does. And I kind of think it was kind of like one of those, you know, she didn't write it down, but she kind of kept a mental scrapbook kind of an idea. And I was looking at it this weekend, and it's really, it's something more than that. The language of that is actually something quite technical. And it, it has to do with the kind of language that's used in the Old Testament to talk about prophets who, who looked for what God was doing in the world and then spoke to those things. And this whole idea of of treasuring up and pondering is more than just keeping a nice little scrapbook. It's really about seeing what God is doing in the world and finding my place in it. The word treasure um, literally has to do with this idea of keeping inventory, uh, counting your blessings, kind of getting a sense of of, of what's going on, what God's doing. Um, Literally, in fact, actually metaphorically, it's used to describe this idea of living each day 
in such a way that you add to the richness of your life. Something much deeper than just mental scrapbook. And, and, and the idea of, of pondering has it literally the word means to throw together. And the concept behind it is to take all of these things as you take an inventory and you take a look at your life. To then, to then to, to toss them around in your mind to make sense out of it. To get a sense of what it is that God's doing. And, and like I said, if we're going to change the way that people look at the church, then we've got to change the way that we, the church, look at people. And that happens by learning how to ponder. So this morning, I'm going to talk about pondering. And I'm going to give you three questions for pondering. And I'm, I want you to take these home this week and think about these things. Because this is the heart of what pondering is all about. First question to ask yourself each day this week, just get up and say, what is God doing in my life? What is God doing in my life? Because God is at work in your life, whether you realize it or not. In fact, you might be here this morning, you might not consider yourself a believer in God. I want you to know, God has been working in your life all along. You may not recognize it, but God is at work in your life. And so the first question to start with is, what is God doing in my life? Now, that's not the kind of question we usually ask ourselves. As we go through our day-to-day, you know, the kind of questions we ask ourselves are, am I going to get that job? Does she really like me? Did I study enough for that exam? Will the Niners possibly make it to the Super Bowl with Alex Smith at quarterback? You know? <laughs> and if you're a Raiders fan, well, you got all kinds of questions. <laughs> Just kidding. Don't write me any emails. But the truth is, most of, the, most of the internal questions that we have, most of the questions that we ask ourselves center around us, me, my own agenda, my own rights. You know, those are the kinds of questions that I generally ask myself. How can I get that? You know, how much is it going to cost me? You know, those kinds of questions. And the trouble is, when all of our lives revolve around ourselves, our worlds get very, very small. And we don't see the bigger picture. And the truth is, is that God is at work in our lives all the time. And when, I, when my life revolves just around me and the questions that I ask have to do with only my own agenda, and, the, and then the things that I start to do is I start to, to create and, and craft my own image, the way that people are looking at me. One of my favorite stories I, I heard not too long ago, um, a colonel in, in the army got a new assignment to a new base. And, um, and he really wanted to start off, you know, strong and make sure everybody knew that he was in charge. And so the first day he's setting up his office and he's hanging up all of his awards and his diplomas, you know, and everything's up there on the wall. And he's straightening up, setting up his office in such a way that would really be impressive. And, and there comes a knock at the door. And, and, you know, so just wants to make sure that everybody really knows, you know, how important he is. He just picked up the phone and, and he just, you know, put it to his ear. And then he said, come in. And as the private was walking in through the door, he says, yes, general. Yes, I'm very pleased at this assignment. Yes, general, I will give you my best. Then he hung up the phone and he says, now, what can I do for you? The private said, well, I'm here to hook up the phone. (laughs) When it's all about me, then I'm all about my image and what people think of me. And the bigger question is, what is God doing in my life? What is God working? How is he working in my life? One of the things about Mary was she was convinced that God was at work in her life. Now, being visited by an angel might help that. But the truth of the matter is she was a very unimportant person in a backwater town that nobody cared about. 
And you get an idea of the kinds of things that she was pondering when you read her song. It's called the Magnificat. It's in chapter one. And, and Mary, after all of this pondering, she just kind of explodes in this song of joy. And listen to the words. It starts this way. My soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. God thinks of me. Little old me. Unimportant me in the backwater town that nobody cares about. God has seen me. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the mighty one has done great things for me. She began to recognize that God is at work here. That, that, that my life story and your life story is bigger than just you. That when, when you see that, that, that your life is actually part of God's bigger story. And if you read the rest of the, that song, what comes through over and over again, there are, there are themes and, and allusions to and quotations from all different places all throughout the Old Testament. That God has been at work in human history all along, starting way back even before Father Abraham, but through his descendants and through all of Israel. And even in these last 400 years, when it seems like that God has been silent, there's been no prophet, there's been no word from the Lord. Even in these 400 years, God has been speaking, and now it's my turn. Now I'm a part of it. Now I'm a part of it. Now I want you to know that when you begin to, to, to think about what is God doing in my life, it, it, it expands your thinking completely. You begin to see that you have a part in God's big story. So here's what you can do. This week, sit down and take an inventory. Just kind of sit down with a piece of paper and, 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 and take inventory Where have you seen God touch your life? In the history of your life, in your story, where has God intervened? Where has God showed up? Where have you had these hints that he was interested in you? Even if you don't consider yourself a God follower, you can probably think of moments that were just spiritual moments, and that was God speaking to you. It was God intervening in your life. So take an inventory, not just of your past, but but your present circumstances. What's going on in my life right now? How might God be working here and now? What opportunities are ahead of me? What choices am I facing? How would I choose if I believed that God was involved in this? Take an inventory of your gifts and your talents. God, Scripture tells us God has given to each of us gifts. That we have certain talents, certain skills, certain abilities, things that we have learned along the way, spiritual gifts that he empowered us with to do his work in this world. That's all part of this taking inventory. And it's the first part of, part of pondering to say, God, what are you doing in my life right now? And that doesn't mean you're going to have all the answers. In fact, you're still going to have questions. When Mary was told about her part in God's plan, her first question is, how will this be? How, how can this happen? I don't see how it can possibly happen. And you might have that question. You might think, how can God possibly use me? How can God possibly have a part for me in his plan? Start pondering and thinking about what he might be doing in your life right now. Second question to ask yourself each day this week is, what is God doing in the world around me? Not just what is he doing in my life, but what is he doing in the world around me? And and even more closely, in, in the people in my life, 
How is God working in their life? See, that's what Mary saw, that her story is part of a bigger story, is part of God's story, is part of what God was doing in this world. And part of her song, she says, His mercy extends to those who fear Him from generation to generation. That God has been working on and on and on all through human history. And now it's my turn. And now for us, it's your turn. It's my turn. It's our turn. That God has been working for centuries, for millennia, in this world, bringing about His restoration of the world, bringing about a renewal of all things, bringing about a redemption of all humanity. That that's what God's doing in this world. And he's doing it not only in your life, he's doing it in the life of the people around you. The people that you work with. The people that you go to school with. That God is at work. It's our time now. When my life revolves around me and my agenda, it gets really, really small. When I put my story within God's bigger story, and I start asking these kinds of questions, I start looking at people differently. I start seeing the world around me differently and that's one of the things that happens with mary and what she as she begins to ponder on this she begins to realize god is doing something here like never before it's in part of her song he has performed mighty deeds with his arm he has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts he has brought down rulers from their thrones but has lifted up the humble god is doing something in this world and he's not doing it with power and he's not doing it with armies and he's not doing it with money and influence and fame and all these other things it's not about herod the great it's not about Caesar Augustus who makes these decrees and changes everybody's life. It's not about vast Roman legions and armies. It's through everyday people. See, that's God's kingdom. That's God's new society. It's normal, everyday, run-of-the-mill, unimportant people like me and you. That's, who's God is work- that's who God's working through. That's the work that he's doing. And it changes everything. Because what happens is when you start thinking in those terms, you start looking at people through God's eyes. When you start looking at people through God's eyes, you look at them differently. And and not just the fun people, but also those difficult people in your life. God's working in them too. And not just the people that like you, the people that don't like you too. You got to start looking through a different set of eyes. This week, I had one day this week, I had to run some errands on my lunch hour, and I only had, I had a short amount of time, so I had to go, and one of the things was I had to go to Costco, and I had to go to Costco in less than an hour, okay? So you can see it's already starting off bad, so I knew I had to be in a hurry, so I, I came, and I, and I took off down Lake Herman Road, and there's, on Lake Herman Road, there are only two spots between here and Columbus Parkway where other people can get in on the road, you know? And so I'm driving, and I come over Reservoir Road, and I see this car to stop, and I'm thinking to myself, obviously, certainly he knows he can't make that, okay? Certainly he knows he doesn't have enough time to get in front of me. Certainly he knows he shouldn't be, and sure enough, he pulled in right in front of me. And I had to slow down and grab my pot, you know, right on his tail, let him know that he didn't have enough room, really, but you did it anyway, okay? <laughs> and so he's slowing, and he kind of gets the message, so he realizes he's got to speed up. So sure enough, he speeds up, and he starts going, actually, he speeds up faster than me. He's, I wanted to get away from me. I don't know. But he just took off. So I go, okay, fine. So I get up. I'm driving. I'm back up to speed. I'm driving along. I come in to the, to the Sire Rock Quarry, and wouldn't you know, a big semi, not a single trailer, a double trailer semi pulls out in front of me, and I got to slow down again, and he doesn't speed up. 
So I got to follow him all the way to, Lake, to, uh, to uh, Columbus Parkway. So I get away around behind him. I zip on over. I get over to Costco. I get inside. I get there. I got to pick up a prescription. I'm standing in line, and the lady in front of me is asking all kinds of questions. <laughs> it's like, didn't you know? Haven't you had this? You know, this, what's going And the lady's taking the time, and she's answering, and she's looking, and she's checking, looking. And I'm just thinking, don't you know? Don't you know I only have an hour? I got to get back, and I got to start writing a sermon about seeing people through Jesus' eyes. <laughs> <laughs> and then you realize, okay, <laughs> this is my lesson for the day. <laughs> but you see, when you, when, you, when you start pondering and you start thinking about it, it comes to your attention when you get out of line. <laughs> and that was it for me this week. It was one of those, okay, if you're going to preach this, Ken, you got to start living it. And the truth is that we get so busy with our own lives and with our own agendas and our own timeline that, that, and when that happens, people become a nuisance. People become competition, a bother. I don't have time for this. One of the things that came out of Mary's pondering, I believe, was this sense that God is doing something here and everybody matters, even the unimportant people. And when you start thinking that way, you'll be challenged. You'll be stretched. I I guarantee you. But it will also start changing the way that you look at people. My world revolves around myself. Things just get way out of whack. So the first question is, what is God doing in my life? Second question is, what is God doing in the world around me? What is God doing in the lives of the people around me? And then the third question in pondering is this. How can God accomplish his work in this world through my life? Because if God is at work in this world in the same way that he's at work in my life, then I have a part to play in this work. He has given me these gifts. He's given me this ability. He has put me in this neighborhood, in this classroom, on this job, with these coworkers. God has... has Ordain that. God has put that together. It's not just circumstance. It's not just coincidence. God has you where he has you. And he has you to be a part of his work in that place with those people. And the question becomes, so what do you want to do with me, God? And that takes a whole different way of thinking. And that's why for the next 10 weeks, we are immersing ourselves in Jesus Because we want to learn to see how he interacted with people. We want to learn to think the way he thinks. We want to see people the way he sees them. To realize that this is somebody that God loves. That this is somebody that Jesus died for. And that's why this this is so important. Not just just what we do and learn and talk about on Sunday morning. But that it becomes a part of your everyday life. That you read through this book. And do it prayerfully. God... Where do I need to change to become more like you and become a part of a community group? Because what what happens in community groups is that we all see things from a different perspective. And somebody in your group is going to say, you know, when I read this, this is what came up to my mind. And you know, I never thought of that. But wow, that is that is exactly what I needed to hear. And that's what happens when we when we look at it from different perspectives in a community group. We learn and we grow together. 
So every aspect of this, this isn't just to give more things for you to do. This is really immersing ourselves in Jesus. So we start thinking in a different way because you know how your brain works? All the neurons and, and all the cells in your brain, they work, they create what are called neural pathways. And God has so created our brains that we have this neuroplasticity. It's, it's how we learn things. It's how we, we learn different ways of doing things. And what happens is these neural pathways, it, it's, it's just like walking on, on a trail of, through the brush, okay? The first time you walk, you know, it, it, you got to kind of make your way through. And you walk on it a few times, it kind of gets trampled down. And the same thing happens in your brain. It's the physiology of your brain. That the more that you learn and the more that you act on what you learn, that pathway gets broader. That neural pathway becomes stronger. It becomes more predominant. It becomes more about who you really are. And so we don't just study God's word just to learn more information. But when we put these things into practice, we, we create new pathways in the way that we think. And that's our goal. We want to think like Jesus. So doing this will help you. And, and then, and this is, this is the challenge, okay? This is your change the way people look at the church challenge for the week. And we're going to give you one of these each week, hopefully. So this is it this week. It's simply this. Look for and listen for what God is doing in the lives of the people that you encounter each day. Okay? You don't even have to say anything. But just start looking for and listening for what God might be doing in the lives of the people that you meet each day. It'll train your brain to look at people differently. And there's ways that you can do this. When you're in the grocery line and the, you know, the checker and she's going and checking you out and ringing up your sale, actually engage in a conversation. Get to know them as a person. How many have ever done this? You go to a restaurant to eat, and, and the server comes up, and she's, the person says something like, Hi, I'm Jane, and I'm going to be your server this evening. And she walks away from the table, and you forgot her name already, okay? Because you don't care about Jane. You know, she's got her thing. You got your thing. You're just here to have a dinner. I don't care who you are. You just give me the food. Get it there on time. Make sure it's hot. I'll give you a tip. <laughs> Remember their name. Remember that. Engage in a conversation. Hi, Jane. I'm Ken. This is my wife, Betty. We're going to be your diners this evening. <laughs> How long have you been working here? You know, I mean, don't monopolize her time, but just get to know her. And then leave a big tip and write on it, thank you, Jane. It was a pleasure being served by you. You know what that'll do to somebody's life who just spends their whole day running food back and forth? See, it, it's, it's learning to see... This is a person God loves. It's a person Jesus died for. This is someone who matters to God. If they matter to God, they ought to matter to me. And if I'm going to change the way people look at the church, I've got to change the way that I look at other people. So that's the third question. Now you're going to say, well, that's hard. <laughs> that's difficult. Mary's assignment was not easy, but her answer was, I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me, as your word has said. 
And that's the thing this week. As you read through the book of Luke, pick up, take home that, that thing. And if you, if, by the way, if we run out, and we might run out today, it looks like, um, there's gonna, it's going to be online on our website. So you can still download the reading assignment. And we'll have more printed up for you next week. But just as you read God's word, say, okay, Lord, may this be to me as your word says. What needs to change in me? How do I need to interact now knowing this? How should this change the way that I interact with other people? I know what you're thinking. That's a lot of work. <laughs> I don't know if I can do that. It's, it's, it's a lot of bother. I mean, you know, I've got to... Yeah. But let your prayer be Mary's prayer. Lord, may it be to me as you have said. And if you feel like you can't do this, I love the response that the angel gave to Mary. Nothing is impossible with God. Nothing's impossible with God. Would you bow your heads with me? Thank you for listening to this week's message. We trust that you'll join us again soon for another uplifting message from Northgate Christian Fellowship located in Venetia, California.